0: on the ball scene, baby, let's go. Just the
1: block. wow, wow. 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 the of wow. the North City football the wow.
0: Hello welcome back to the TNC podcast. Brilliant timing by Chris there as he loses his camera. But we are live and we've got a whole host of things to talk about this evening, including the Luton game, Jamal Lewis, Ben Gibson signing for the Canaries and what our expectations are for the start of the new season. Chris has just departed. Uh, Hopefully he will be back shortly. Uh, I'm not sure what has happened there. That... Is about as organised as Norwich City's defensive line today. Uh, here he is once again. Let's add him back in, Chris. Good to see you. I was just saying, mate, that was about as organised as uh, Norwich City's defensive line.
1: G- you're not going to believe this, Jack. I popped the bottle of Estrella and I wiggled and I wiggled my camera, and it came out of the USB connection of my laptop. <laughs>
0: <laughs> At least we didn't get the uh, the on the ball city jingle that your bottle that- opener likes to play exactly indeed are you, are you well mate yeah no very good I mean we'll get on to the result against Luton later on in this podcast and please feel free to leave your kind of match reviews in the comments we'll we'll be sure to read them all out I see you're all flooding in the comment section already which is great to see a whole lot of things to discuss tonight what about yourself mate? you well
1: yeah yeah well uh yeah um I, I'm much better now we've signed a centre-back I think that's I think that's fantastic news and to sign someone of Ben Gibson's caliber is is excellent. I think that that says a lot about uh about Stuart Webber's ambition for this season. Um we'll get on to Danny Farker's post match comments. Um I'm sure later on Jack because there's quite a lot of interesting debate around those already. Um but yeah for me mate I'm feeling more optimistic. I know that we've lost to Luton today in in, in the Carabao Cup but um, yeah, I'm, I'm very optimistic ahead of the new season and um, been speaking to Michael Bailey and, you know, loads of other people as well. And they're saying, you know, we we should be automatics. Um, and I know that sounds arrogant. I know people will clip that up, but I do think the expectation should be there. We've done the learning. I'm not sitting on the fence this season doing all of this kind of, oh, we're not good enough bollocks. Like we're good enough. We need to be up in the top two this season, but I am feeling optimistic and um Apart from the uh, the blue and white, sorry, I mean teal and white, sorry, I mean turquoise, sorry, I mean modern petrol blue and white kit. Uh, by the way, that's a 100% loss record now in the uh, in the blue and white, sorry, teal and white, sorry, turquoise and white, sorry, modern petrol blue and white kit. Um, but yeah, apart from that, feeling good, mate.
0: No, good. I, I, I mean, the whole expectation thing is a really interesting debate. I'm sure we'll get onto it a bit later. But I was chatting to my friend today who's a Luton fan, and, and he was saying, like, the fact that you can field the quality and the you know the players that we had out on the pitch today against Luton with 17 players out on international duty just shows the abundance of, of, of quality that we've got in this championship squad. And, and when you compare a squad like we've got to a squad like Luton's, who are probably like bottom to middle table of the championship, we've got like 40 contracted professional footballers mm. at this football club for this season. I was watching our podcast back from last week because I knew, I know we were we were both slightly um, intoxicated with with beverages, um, and I can remember sort of saying some some mildly amusing uh, you know thoughts ahead of the season that you know we're going to win the league by by a mile and Dow's going to you know have a good a really good season. But when I watched it back sober, I did actually think, well, we've got a point there. We we should be expecting good things from this side this season shouldn't we
1: yeah i agree jack and you know one, one of the things i one of the things i am uh, slightly struggling with is um i i know i know that that game in hindsight that was played today doesn't mean that much I, I get that i get the fact that the league's a priority more than it ever has been because we really do need to be bouncing back into the premier league with the squad that we've assembled and the amount of money that we've invested um, which is great. But I look at that team that started today, Jack, and I said it before and, you know, I'm not afraid to say it either. I, I do absolutely, I do stand by it. I don't think there was any excuses today. I really don't. Um, yes. You know, uh, you've got Barden, McCallum, Mumba and Martin. So you've got the four kind of youngsters in there, but I still see those other squad members as they needed to be carrying those boys today. And, I am surprised at the way that the game fell apart. Um, you, it, I, you, in my opinion, and let me know in the comments if you think I'm wrong here, the youngsters didn't let us down today. It was yet again the experienced players that let us down, again, just like they did in the Premier League restart. And I'm trying to not get on their backs because it doesn't mean that much. But I am just a little bit frustrated because, you know, we still play Tim Close and Christoph Zimmerman today, Steperman, Tete, Hugill, who we signed on on big money for Norwich as well, right? By the way, Dowell, fantastic to see him score today. He did all of the, all that he could do today. But I must admit, Jack, I I do feel a bit frustrated at the result today because um, I do genuinely think that team, regardless of the amount of people that were missing, should have done better. They should have done better. Um, and I know it doesn't mean that much, but I, I am struggling with. There's all. I think. There's, there's this Premier League hangover thing, isn't there, right? And even Farker's comments post-match, it's like he's still stuck on, on, on that auto-tune that he was in in the Premier League restart. So I really hope that the first league game we win and then we dispel of all of that crappy attitude.
0: Yeah, no, completely agree. I mean, we've touched on Luton now. We'll be talking in depth about today's Luton game. We've, of course, got the Ben Gibson news to discuss. And the big news uh, break in today that Jermaine Lewis looks to be going up north to Newcastle. Um, We'll be talking about all of that. If you do want to get your comments definitely read out, there's tons flooding in. We'll try and get through them. We've got a Kofi page. Um, Let me come over this way. Um, You can find it in the link top line of the description. It is a one off donation service, although you can now do monthly PayPal or debit card um, a three pound donation or more if you want, and you can leave your message and we'll get them read out on there. The link is in the top line of the description. Absolutely. Um, you know, you don't have to, but if you've got a couple of um, pounds sitting around, then we would much appreciate it. We touched on the comments there um, from Daniel Farker. First of all, hello to everyone. Richard Churchyard says hello, boys. Good to see you, my friend. Barry Lee Cullis, evening chaps. Um, Chris comes back. We need to see a rant. He is back, and I'm sure there'll be a rant this evening. It might be coming right up. Let's see what Daniel Farker had to say after today's defeat to Luton. This is the quote from Connor Southwell, friend of the channel. Um, He said, we are not a big favourite for winning the title or something like this. We will have to work unbelievably hard for every point and we definitely need our best players. I think that was proved in this game. Now, Chris, the the. Season in which we won the title in the championship, Farker was very much playing it down, even until the last kind of game of the season. He was saying, we need to play our best football. You know, we're not favourites to go up. We get into the Premier League. He was saying from the start, we're favourites to go down for a reason. This season, it's the same kind of, um, you know, mentality from the off. And that is, we're not favourites. I mean, if you look at the bookies, we're not favourites. I think we're about third favourites behind Watford and Brentford at the moment. But, um, you know money's pouring in f- from us a lot of pundits are saying we should be going up I think fans are expecting big mm-hmm. things we've you know invested a bit of money in the squad this time around what do you make of them comments um look
1: it, it it's, it's not worthy of a full-on rant but I am slightly worried um that as I've said already I've hinted at it you know in the Premier League restart, I, I really want to try and move on from that. So I wanted to stop mentioning it. But that was just such a poisonous, horrible cycle of nonsense. Um, not just the players' performances, but also the post match press conferences as well. And what Daniel was saying and how he was re- reacting, how the players were reacting, how the whole club was reacting, I think, in that restart period was disappointing. But I think. I I, I kind of actually would possibly flip it. I'm thinking potentially, and let me know in the comments what you would do if you were Daniel Parker, but I would be saying, right, boys, half of you sitting in the change room now, you've already got a medal round your neck. Not, not the medal for this season, but the medal that we've won. We've lifted that trophy. We felt what it feels like. We know what it takes. So we don't have to do this kind of blase nonsense of like, I, I just don't understand it because... We, we know that we can win the league. We know we've got what it takes to do it. We know that we've got more tools than ever before to do it, not just personnel, but behind the scenes. So that's not an excuse anymore. So, yeah, I'm a little bit worried about that comment, Jack. I am. I can't hide that. But I really want to try and give Daniel Falker um, all of the opportunity to try and prove a point to the supporters and, and, and try and, you know, come out the gates flying like we know that we've discussed. But, What I would say, firmly and fairly, I believe, he's been given everything he needs. Everything. We've signed a whole new outfield team, Jack. The club is in profit. We're super healthy. He's probably got all of the personnel he wants. Um, He's probably going to be able to keep hold of most of the players that he wants as well as well. Uh, Whether that be a good thing or a bad thing, you know, uh, let me know. But, yeah, I I just think excuses have been eradicated. And I I really... I don't want to be marketed to all season. I just want someone to stand in front of the camera and say, we were shit today. That's what I want. And it's not good enough because we should be in the top two of this league. Now, I know it's a cup game and I'm trying to keep it calm, but I'm a little bit worried about
0: that. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's just classic Daniel sort of mind games, isn't it? Managing expectations to a certain degree and kind of taking the heat off his players a little bit. We know... That Stuart and Daniel will be expecting big things from this side this season. As you mm. mentioned there, Chris, I think this is the first season in Farkat and Weber's reign, which is, you know, kind of four seasons in now. or This is going into the fourth season that the squad is there and we are going right. The tools are there. Now deliver the promotion campaign. Mm. You know, we just went way above expectation. The relegation last season was Uh, the, the, The squad wasn't there. We didn't invest. This now is the season that you could argue we've been building up to.
1: Jack, I was just going to say, there's a fantastic comment on Facebook um, from Michael J. Garwood. It can, makes a lot of sense and will will hopefully settle people down if they're feeling a bit angry about today's result. Potentially, in 2013, we lost to Luton, then non-league. I think I think that's correct. Correct. Yeah, in the FA Cup, that was so embarrassing, wasn't it, Michael? We finished 11th in the Premier League. Was that 11th or 12th? But I get the point. You know, t- today was annoying, but not reflective of anything going forwards. I think that's a very sensible comment, Jack. What do you think?
0: Yeah, no, I completely agree. That um, that Cup game was, I think Scott Rendell scored for Luton. Harry Kane played for us that day and didn't make... Too much of an impact. Yeah, I think it's slightly different looking at that. That was under Paul Lambert, wasn't it? And and Lambert never took the cup competitions too seriously. Farker does like the cup competitions. We've seen him take these cup competitions quite seriously in recent years. What I would say, though, <laughs> is if you look at the Carabao Cup schedule, if we had have won today's game, And then, say, progress through the next round. You do have the possibility of playing five cup games in the month of September. We've already got, you know, weekend, midweek fixtures in the league. If you then add the cup games on top of that, you've got such a packed schedule. And to be honest, I would have liked to have seen a better performance there. Of course, I would have done. But I don't think it's the end of the world that we're out.
1: Do you know what today kind of reminds me of, Jack, a little bit? And I want to um, I keep reminding myself of the Premier League restart again. But when we fielded that really odd team, I think it might have been the game before the United game, which I can't actually remember which one that was. Was it possibly Everton at home? Can't remember. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. Opinion.
0: I'm trying and, to erase that from my memory. And, and
1: and the reason why Daniel did that is that he wanted to go and win that cup game against Manchester United and it completely backfired. I'm not, and of course, he didn't have the opportunity to play his strongest team today. But again, like some of the post-match stuff I've seen is kind of like, well, actually, we had so many players missing and it's the first game and 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 and. I don't know. that. To me, that smells a bit with the players that we've had um, on that pitch today. It does smell a bit. You know who I'm really... can. I, I cannot hide my concern for this player, Jack. And I know that you got some stick for tweeting it, but I understood why you did. I think it was probably a little bit harsh, but I am a little bit concerned about Tim Closer. Um, you know, I am a bit concerned about it.
0: Uh, not, yeah, this is, this is a really interesting... Know. This is a really interesting point, Tim Close. I, I think you know he played today. He he hobbled off with. I think it was a dead leg, so it's not like a serious injury. But the injuries are certainly in the back of my mind. So I tweeted that out, and I got a really interesting response actually from um, Dan Emery. And this is it here. I'll read it. Uh, I find the difference in perception of Hanley and Close really intriguing. In the last three seasons for Norwich City, games played, Tim Close eighty three, Grant Hanley sixty two, games missed to injury. Close 46, Hanley 45, and who scored ratings, which I don't really like to read into too much, and Close outperforming Hanley in both seasons. So in terms of games missed through injury in the past three seasons, Hanley and Close are pretty much identical um and that is a worry because that was our you know our go to center back partnership before godfrey you know developed into the player that he he has done and and going into the new season close and hanley will still be regarded as you know important first team players one of which is our captain so if you've got a c- combined total of nearly 90 games as you can see there oh there Missed through injury in the past three seasons between your two centre-backs. That's a worry. Now, you are going to pick up injuries. Um, and and I, I think it's so important with a defensive line that that is minimised. And I think the reason we had the success is, is Max and Jamal was, was so yeah. athletic, so good, hardly picked up injuries. You had Ben who hasn't picked up too many injuries. It's just if you rattle through them first two defenders, which I would have thought Gibson will be starting, um, considering the money that we've paid for him and his kind of prowess, whether Godfrey's still here, who knows, whether it's Zimmerman. But if you lose one of them to injury or they just need resting because there's a lot of players and you're then relying on on Hanley or Close, mm. that's where issues come. And I think going forwards, we've, we've got more than enough talent this season. And I don't think it would be wise and I don't think we will be signing another defensive player now um, before the, the the transfer window shuts. But I just look at that centre-back pairing and I'm still not sure, Chris. I'm not surprised you're not
1: sure, mate. Um, You know, I I cannot begin to tell you how chuffed down that we've signed Ben Gibson because I think actually all of the lads there, you know, I mean, even if you, I mean, I'm, you know, Christoph Zimmerman for me is the man. Like, he's one of the first names I put on the team sheet. Um, But he's not had much game time of late because he was injured for the whole last season. So, even one of our strongest, in my opinion, centre-backs is still going to be getting back to his optimal again. Um, So, yeah, I think bringing in a a player like Ben is going to be massive. Um, And and it seems like what he's saying on camera gives me the faith that he's got the right attitude. Um, I like the fact that he's here because he really wants to be here. I think that's really important. Um, He's not just taking us for a ride to get a bigger move. Um, so that's really exciting, but yeah, Jack I, I look at Tim uh, and I'm not uh, assured by him at the moment and I'm sure that he'll know that in himself that he's not playing his best football. Um, you know <laughs> Grant Hanley, yeah he as um, you know someone said on uh, YouTube Luke Ward said on YouTube Hanley is solid. Yes, Hanley's solid when he plays, but then let's also break down that comment politely that own goal against Liverpool on the opening day of the season doesn't to me stink of a solid defender. That actually stinks of a defender that's got a mistake in him. I'm sorry. Maybe I'm being a bit harsh here. As I say, Grant Hanley is a beast from the East. I'll always, always respect him for that amazing run that he got to to cross the ball into Tim Close against Ipswich. But yeah, I, I I think you're bang on the money there, Jack. I think it's a problem. But you know, Stuart will know that and, and Daniel Farker will know that and that's why they've done what they've done in the market. So
0: yeah, definitely. And, and what them two, you know, defenders do bring, although their fitness records aren't the best, they bring a whole host of experience, which is going to be important in still a, a relatively young squad. Mm-hmm. I would have thought though, looking at our kind of centre back roster at the moment, if The current center back stay, you just say roster, yeah. It's a bit American, wasn't it? So, yeah. Um, if if all of them stay, I'm probably picking the two Bens in Ben Gibson and, and Ben Godfrey to start the okay. season. I think that's a, a fairly decent, uh, no way. Back partnership, ben, God-
1: right. ben Godfrey is. Um, I'm now I need to not. I, I don't, I honestly do not think that Ben, I, I, I think that everyone's saying, like, oh, yeah, Ben Godfrey, Ben Godfrey. But for me, I'd much rather Christoph Zimmerman and Ben Gibson. Really? Oh, oh, mate, 100%. I I just think, from what I've seen in pre-season of Ben, I don't think he's ready to start for Norwich. I'm sorry. Let really? Me know that, look, look, if you think I'm wrong, let me know. But that's just honestly my opinion. I would. I think that Christoph Zimmerman is so much more assured. He's physically stronger. He makes less mistakes. He's more willing to go and get the ball back. He's more organized. He's a smarter footballer as well, Jack. I'm sorry. Like that's just my opinion. Do so just... you
0: think Christoph Zimmerman is a better footballer than Ben Godfrey? Yeah. Really?
1: Yeah, I'm putting it out there. I do. I'm sorry. I've seen too many mistakes.
0: Sorry. Wow. That's a that's a hard disagree from me. Well
1: I, think. Well, well, I tell you what, Jack. All right. Let me just strip this back. Is Ben Godfrey even a defender?
0: Well, I, I think that still remains to be seen, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, Crystal Simmons is a better defender because there's still this debate of is Ben actually a midfielder or a defender? Still, so f- for me, it's
0: well. Let us know what you think in in the comment section. Just swaying away from football quickly. Sean Mike My- um, Sean Marshall Nickel says, "Congratulations to Tommy Travel." Yes, congratulations to uh, to Anna and Tom. Their uh, baby was safely delivered, I think, yesterday, and uh, and I saw the club sent a lovely bunch of flowers. to Them lovely touch from Norwich City. It, it doesn't look like Tom will be at the club next season. So um, best of best of luck to Tom and Anna wherever they uh, wherever they decide to settle with with their new baby. Um, Wow. Albert says, agree, Chris. Ben Godfrey is in the wrong sport.
1: Ooh. No, <laughs> no, 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 no.
0: Cheese no. on toast says Godfrey cannot defend. James Young says Zimmerman is more vocal and a better leisure. He must start. Yeah. Wow. I wasn't expecting that reaction. I, I, I must admit, Chris, I, I I prefer Ben Godfrey, I think. To, to Christoph, I love Christoph. I, I, I no, think... no, no, no. Right,
1: let's do the old top. Let's like seriously. Let's do let's do a top trump. Comp- let's get the old top trumps out here. Okay, who's better at making tackles, Christoph Suman or Ben Godfrey?
0: I think in in terms of what reading yeah.
1: the game or no, 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 no. We're not reading the game. That's intelligence. That's a different se- section. Okay. Like if you wanted to, if a, if a player is through on goal. Who do you want to be following that
0: player? Ben or Zim? Bit Ben. I think Ben's got more strength. He's
1: got ben, um, oh, more pace. pace. He's faster. He's faster. I'll give you that. He's definitely faster. But I don't necessarily think that you need pace as a center like that much pace as a centre-back.
0: Well, I guess you, I guess your argument would be you don't need pace if you read the game well. And you're saying that Christoph reads the game. Sam says Ben Godfrey is the best centre-back or CDM in the whole championship. Debate that one, lads. Well, I, look, if Ben Godfrey is being valued at £30 million, which Norwich Nor- City were valuing him at, then that would probably make him, other than Ben White, well, he's not in the championship anymore. That would make him the most valuable defender, I would have thought. You've got Pontus Janssen, who I know you're a big fan of, Chris absolute wanker
1: <laughs> look look
0: ben, I, I really okay to... sorry i'm going to quickly interrupt again this does back your point up though jonathan parker says watch the goals back i bet godfrey is responsible for more in terms of losing opposition players well yeah i, I guess that is a fair point i remember the goals against burnley uh and watford i think ben was responsible for them look this is an argument that is probably a bit late that that we're having. Our first championship game of the season is is a week away. Um,
1: what debate, though, Jack? Honestly, in the in the comments now, so many people are, are debating it, and that's what we love to see. You know, a bit of debate, and you know, I think it's a, it, again like it's a great luxury. You've got a homegrown player that's supposedly valued at between twenty five and thirty million pounds. That can play the ball out from the back, and it's got a bit of prowess about him, and, and is a and is a leader. Ben Godfrey is a leader, particularly with the younger players as well. Um, and it's a great thing for Daniel Parker that he's got that option, and um, but in just in my opinion. It's, it's Christoph and Ben Gibson. And by the way, Ben Gibson is... everyone saying, well, Ben Gibson's got to go straight, straight in. He might not be ready, which, I don't know, uh, in a funny sort of way, he might need to maybe, like, adjust to Norwich. I don't know. Like, you know, we, we, we could well see, against Huddersfield, Ben uh, Ben Godfrey alongside Christoph Simon And yeah, well, I
0: I would I yeah, Ben Gibson hasn't played too much football in the past, you know, couple of seasons. This is a good point from Ben Huntley. He says we're too unorganised defensively. Has to stop if we want to go up. Well, you know, we're looking at individual players here. Maybe it's a defensive system that we should be looking at. Maybe Ben is, is asked too much of as a defender. I was reading um, uh, an article from Michael Bailey on the Athletic, which was kind of explaining the the um, the role of Max Aaron's and Jamal Lewis. And I think he was taking um, an example from, it was one of the games towards the end of last season that we lost. We lost every game towards the end of last season, but he was essentially saying when we conceded a goal, Daniel's, um, you know, message to Max was keep doing what you're doing, keep pushing high up the pitch. He wasn't too fussed that we'd conceded that goal. And you can get away with that in the championship because we Will more often than not outscore teams. You can't get away with that in the Premier League. So maybe Daniel is okay with being slightly unorganized defensively. If that means going forwards, will be far better. It's going to be really interesting to see. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about another defender that's been, you know, talk of the town today, and that is Jamal Lewis. He looks likely, if not certain, to be going to Newcastle United. Um, According to The Athletic and Michael Bailey, Norwich have accepted a £13.5 million bid. Um, with the potential to rise significantly depending on performance-related add-ons. Norwich will also have a significant sell-on clause. Now, we spoke weeks ago, Chris, about Jamal to Liverpool. We valued him at £20 million. Liverpool weren't budging from their £10 million bid and a couple of million of add-ons. So it would have been about £12 million in total. This bid... With add-ons and with sell-on clauses, probably will reach that twenty million pound mark. Mm-hmm. For me, it's a good deal for the club. I'm not sure it's an amazing deal for Jamal, considering you know Newcastle's ownership and structure. I'm not even sure they'll be in the Premier League in a, in a season, um, in a season's time. But it, he will be playing Premier League football, and we can all agree that is where he deserves to be playing football. What's your kind of uh, take on the on that initial news? Uh,
1: well, first of all, I, I you know if it's official and it's done, I wish Jamal all the best of luck. Um, fantastic player, fantastic person, such a kind guy. I've said a million and one times on this channel that he's the nicest guy in the Norwich squad. He's always got a smile on his face, always got time for everyone, uh, fans, and you know I think he's a top top man, and 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 I and I love that. I do love that, and um, I think that he was. One of the yes, all right. He was caught out a few times at the highest level in the Premier League, but that's to be expected when the midfield were non-existent, uh, particularly in the Premier League restart. Um, so yeah, I, I think yeah, I'm disappointed to lose a player like Jamal, um, but we've got so much cover. Uh, we've got so much cover there now, and, and actually, it's the same for Maxi as well. Like everyone knows, I love Max, but we've got cover there. So if he goes, it's right for the club, and and actually, I'm I'm okay with it. Um, you know, it it makes sense for me though, Jack, I kind of, well, I don't, I completely disagree with your comment about Newcastle. I think that that's, I think that that is completely wrong. I think Newcastle, um, of course, on the last couple of seasons have flirted with relegation a little bit. I think that what Steve Bruce has done since he's been in is, is very impressive. um, Cause 'cause they had a Rafa Benitez hangover. Um, I think he's starting to win. For my observations, he's starting to win over their supporters now. And, I think that if Jamal has been told slash promised that he's going to play week in, week out at Newcastle United Football Club, huge football club. Oh, yeah,
0: massively. Yeah.
1: And actually, probably one of the biggest clubs in the Premier League still, by the way, in terms of their supporter base, what they've achieved, their, their history. Um, and, and yeah, if I was Jamal, I would much rather be playing week in, week out at Newcastle, getting seen by all of the big teams than sitting on the bench, rotting away at Liverpool and probably getting a loan move out. Um, and by the way, I love, I love, love, love. And I'm sure everyone will agree with me in the comments about this. I love all of the Liverpool fans that are moaning on Twitter today about it. Yeah, it's because your club didn't bid enough money, you muppets. Absolute muppets. You know, and I'm so pleased that, that Newcastle have, have managed to secure a top, top, top player.
0: Yeah, definitely. I, I, I certainly wouldn't wish um, this news upon anyone, but I did see today that the chap that they signed instead of Jamal Lewis might be ruled out for the first game of the season after testing positive for coronavirus. Um, obviously, that's really sad news, but... Um, 2020 has a, a very strange way of uh, of dealing with things. Um, Max HD, good point. Look what happened to Murphy. Yeah, let's hope it it works out better for Jamal at Newcastle than it did Murphy. Slightly different situation, of course. Um, but once again, Norwich demanding high money um, and rightly so for for their players. And, and hopefully um, it will it will be the right move for Jamal. Um, and, and as Chris says, there, Newcastle massive club. It's a shame the fans won't be there straight away because, you know, when them Geordies get singing in St. James's, um, it's it's a real racket in there. So massive club. Good move for Jamal. We'll be playing Premier League football. That can't be um, too bad at all. Um, Just a quick reminder, we've got a Kofi page. Uh, If you want to get your questions in, you can do. uh, The link is in the top line of the description, as you see there. Um, You can donate a one-off donation and we'll get your questions read out top line of the description. Thank you very much indeed. Can
1: we change the Kofi wording from a coffee to an Estrella? We could do. (laughs) Can we actually?
0: Well, I, I think a pint of Australia is probably about six quid, isn't it?
1: Oh, no, I'm not
0: that posh, Jack. Come on. <laughs> um, a lot of people... Would, I had Nick Mash to WhatsApp me, actually, and said, are you drinking orange squash? I am. Orange and pineapple squash.
1: Oh, that's that's awful from you.
0: Quite exotic. No, I love orange and pineapple. You want a bit of a health kick in the moment, Jack, aren't you? <laughs> no, I'm not. It's just um, I've been drinking, you know, through the week. So I thought uh, I've, I've been working today, so I've, I've had to stay sober. And uh, and it's good to come come onto the onto the stream, you know, with 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 my life in order somewhat. Um, this is a comment comment about corners from what For some reason, Daniel Farker loves to play zonally, as we have seen over Farker's reign. This has never worked and has to change in some way. Well, it hasn't taken too long. The first game of the season, and we're already talking about zonal marking, the one thing I noticed from today's um, game against Luton, once again, looking shaky from set pieces, Chris.
1: Yeah, definitely, mate. Um, I mean, I always pull out the Albert Einstein quote, you know, do the same thing over and over again. It doesn't work. Is just insanity, isn't it? And so it's just complete insanity to me. I have absolutely no idea. Um, but look, I, just again, you know, it's not it's not the first league game. And I think a lot of people need to kind of try and remember that. I'm fairly relaxed tonight, actually. I'm not that bothered. Um, you know, of course, it hurts me that we've lost. But I, I'm, I'm not actually that bothered um, because, you know, so long as that we defend properly in that league game against... Huddersfield, um, then, you know, no one will be complaining, will they? Um, but the bottom line, Jack, is we talk a lot about um, set pieces and things like that. But one of my things is why don't we try to improve our, our discipline? Uh, why are we giving away silly free kicks? I mean, Grant Holt came on for the watch along and, and that's what he said, wasn't it, Jack? He was like, I don't know why they're giving away silly free kicks in those sorts of positions, inviting the pressure on. And again, you know, um, let, let's switch on more and really try to not give away give away corners i know that that's i'm i don't know i'm trying to look at it maybe a little bit of a different way because i think daniel farker is maybe potentially too stubborn to change from zonal marking um so yeah hopefully the new defense that we've um tried to kind of get together will be a little bit better at that
0: but no spot on chris i'm, I'm glad you mentioned about that kind of in-game management i That really stood out to me when we had Halty on for that Watford game, just giving away silly fouls. And this comment here from Shaney is, um, you know, relate to that. Can we speak about when Dowell scores and a minute later we conceded so quickly, complete lack of concentration, not even the admin on Twitter could keep up? Yeah, I did notice that. We didn't even get our goal announcement out um, before James Collins had once again taken the lead for Luton. That's the thing, right, is... I think in the championship, we we will be able to get away with slight lapses of concentration because more often than not, the attacking side against us won't have the quality to dispatch. They did today. James Collins, very seasoned championship striker, got his hat trick. Well done to him. But that is something we will need to eliminate out of of the side. And I think that comes with time. I mean, this is a relatively new squad. We are trying to gel them. The preseason hasn't been there but it's simple things, isn't it? And and if we are looking to to do well in the championship, there will be teams like Luton setting up in a manner like Luton did against us today and hitting us when it hurts.
1: Hundred percent, Jack. And they're a championship side. And what I would agree with uh, with Daniel Farker's comments is, yeah, he's right. You know, this is what we're going to be up against this season. And you know, we saw it, we've seen it time after time, Jack, in the in the championship particularly with the teams that are lower down the table, they, they come to Cow Road, they try and stay solid, they try and hit us on the counter, they try to go for a, mis- a mistake, and that's what happens. And we crumble and they sit back and they park the bus. We've seen it a million and one times. And so I think that we would be absolute blooming idiots to not realise that. But yeah. I, I'm already hearing from you some interesting language, Jack, about taking time and think, no, 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 no. There is no time. There is no time. We win against Huddersfield on the first game of the season. We have to win that game, Jack. We need to come out the gates flying. And I I don't think that it's fair. Uh, Absolutely, there should. I mean, we're going to talk about expectation a minute. The expectation needs to be that we need to be beating most teams. You know, Michael Bailey said to me me the other day, you know, we, we need to be, we can only afford to lose 10 games tops, I think he said, right? And so... I just think we need to be really careful with this whole, oh, well, they're new players and all this. No, 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 no. We've just bolted our squad, yeah? Daniel Park has been given all of the players, a whole new team, apart from a goalkeeper, because we don't need a new goalkeeper, right? A whole new team. So let's not be like, oh, they need time and all of this nonsense. Like, even the young players, Jack, we've signed them because they are the cream of the crop. Top, 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 top pedigree footballers, yeah? That are wanted by other European clubs. So we should absolutely expect those boys to go out and perform and get results. And it does worry me in that sense today, Jack, because, you know, we've had players that have been in the championship that have got the medal round their neck. They know what it takes. And we didn't see that today. I've seen a lot of comments saying, oh, it's going to take time to gel. And all oh, this, this team weren't fluent enough. Well, no, of course they're bloody not, but they absolutely should be. You know, and Dow, and Dowell, by the way, who's our new boy, yeah, goal, boom, first game, first proper game. See, so so for me, it's actually, and we've said this, Jack, it's so important that we just move some players on. <laughs> we need no. to move some players on, mate, because th- I'm not worried about any of the new boys. I'm worried about the old boys.
0: No, it's a, it's a good point, mate. And, you know, maybe I was using language that, you know, creeps in excuses. And, and, and you're right, that Huddersfield game, Next Saturday is huge. They're a team who are, you know, according to the pundits and and, and neutral fans, one of the favourites to go down from the championship. We are one of the favourites to go up. We have to hit the ground running. How good would it be to see a 3-0, a 2-0, a comfortable, professional performance from Norwich City on the opening day of the season? And more importantly, right, let's end this 12-game streak where we haven't won a game. We've lost 12 games in a row. The last two games, the last two competitive games that Norwich City have played, we've conceded three goals from the 78th to the 90th minute. Two twice. We we are conceding late goals. We are losing football matches. That is a mental thing more than anything. Um, we have to get that out of our system, and, and it's so important, as Chris said there, that we make make that happen on the first game of the season against Huddersfield. Hopefully, look, today was a glorified preseason game. We had a, a very changed squad out there, and it will be very different next week. But there are certain traits that I need to see gone. A quick um, thank you to Roger from Florida, who was um, donated on Kofi. He hasn't left a question, so Roger, if you do want a quen- uh, question answered, mate, then um, drop me an email or, or, or something, or in the Facebook group that you that you get into uh, when you donate on Kofi. So thank you um, very much. Uh, Nile says, "Would you take a point against Huddersfield? Stop the rot." <laughs>
1: Niall, no, get out. That's a tr- that's an atrocious statement. See, that's the thing. We need to stop this. Like, I, it, there's a difference between confidence and having a, a fair, proud expectation of our boys than arrogance. I understand that. I'm not saying that every game's going to be easy, but what I am saying is that we should absolutely, you know, demand that level of performance against Huddersfield. We should demand it, like. We've signed some absolutely fantastic players. You know, Ben Gibson was worth, what was it, like 20 million they signed him for a couple of seasons back? Am I barking up the wrong tree I think it was about 10, yeah. But a a lot lot of money. money. i got that completely wrong. But you get the point. He's still a really, you know, really, really, really valuable footballer. And, you know, so we should demand more. You know,
0: Jack, something that I'm really worried about and St. John... Harrison Brown says, you know, along them lines, three points a must. The minute we let our standards drop, we're destined for (laughs) mid-table.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. And, you know, it'd be very interesting to see um, how Daniel Farker puts himself about the season. And in line with that, a very interesting comment. And I've been thinking about this for a long time um, from St. John Dubai on uh, Periscope via Twitter, Jack, uh, 8.37 PM says, Oh no, it was actually one above that, Jack. It was, uh, today was not good enough. Fark has question marks about can he motivate his side no excuses. And we and I said this before, mate, that, you know, this is why it's so important that we can that we move players on. Because I would say I would agree. I would agree with you, um, commenter. I'm not sure your name is actually St. John Dubai. Um, but I would Amazing agree, it was. I, yeah, I, but I'd agree with you, uh, actually, because it's very obvious that in in the Premier League restart, that he couldn't motivate his players, and what we saw today was a team mostly full of the players in in that in that time, and again we couldn't get a result. You know, and Jack, something that I find really fascinating is there's all of this talk now about um oh who's going to start for the first game against Huddersfield, and everyone's getting really excited, which is great. But I'm really fascinated by the opinion of we're starting. People have put out squads that played in the Premier League, like full squads, like minus, minus Dowell. And for me, I think that's nuts. I want to be seeing a team mainly constructive of our new signings, 100%, even if... Even there's
0: a the risk of throwing them in too quickly all at once.
1: What? Yeah, but what? If we? If there's a risk of throwing them in, again, wrong language to use, Jack, why the fuck would we sign them? Yeah? They're, they're not good enough. If if we if we honestly, if they're not prepared to be thrown in, they're not good enough. And you know, and, and I'll give you an example of this, Jack. Yeah? Bally Mumba. Everyone's saying, Oh, he's not ready, he's not ready. Oh, is he gonna go out on loan? Bally Mumba's been excellent in what from what I've seen of him so far. And I'd be so comfortable with him starting in the championship week in, week out. Not a problem at all. So yeah, and, and again, maybe let me know in the comments, you know, do you, who do you start? You know, I saw someone say something about Buendia. We can't win without Buendia. We're going to have to move on from, from Buendia eventually. I want to see a team with our new signings, not because I'm loved up with the new boys. I just think they deserve a fair shot at doing it, at doing it like 100%.
0: No, it's going to be fascinating to see what that uh, initial team looks like. Uh, here is Roger from Florida. He says, gladly donated and got you both an uh, an espresso. That was meant to be. So thank you very much, Roger. We will gladly drink the espresso on the on the early mornings when after a 2-0 after a defeat to Huddersfield, um, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure. Um, James Rushmore says... Here we go. Should we be concerned about Martin's attitude? It was mentioned that he had issues when first signing today. Rarely tracked back, albeit looked good going forward. Should we be worried? No, James. I don't think we should be. Um, I assume that is referring to, to Josh Martin rather than Chris Martin um, <laughs> over at over at Derby or somewhere. Yeah, I read uh, you know a, a really good article about Josh Martin um, from Michael Bailey. We signed him. He was it was a very highly rated player at Arsenal. I think he had dreams and expectations of one day making it into that Arsenal first team. And as we know, with youngsters coming through academy setups and youth teams, it is very tough to get into that first team. And he arrived at Norwich with the expectation, you know, a couple of seasons ago now, breaking into the first team at like 16 or however old he was. And Farker essentially said, look, mate, you need to you know, you need to get better. You're, you're nowhere near first-team level. And he's had a couple of seasons. He's progressed to a standard, which now, um, you know, shows that, well, a lot of a lot of the people at Norwich think he's the the best kind of youngster coming through. I don't think tracking back, and that is is an attitude thing. That's just getting used to first-team football. We saw that with Todd. We saw that with all of the young players that have come through. And when Deer doesn't track back. Well, Emmy as well. I mean, that's a... That's a um, that's a tactical thing. Like Daniel might not want him to track back. Like, we look, look at one of our best wingers of all time, Darren Huckabee. The reason he was so good is he didn't need to track back. He had Adam Drury behind him. He'd mop up the mop up the danger. If you sometimes you waste your attacking outlets with giving them defensive duties. Todd, one of Todd's big, big reasons why he progressed so well last season is because he learned the defensive elements of his game. That might not be something. Josh Martin. I think Josh Martin's going to be um, a real player to look out for this season. I think he's going to have a good season. I'm not sure how much game time he will have. That three in behind, the the striker is very um, populated. You've got, I mean, it looks like Buendia might stay, which would be outrageous. You've got Todd still, you've got Hernandez, Bojeta, Dowell, um, Skip might play more advanced, Vrancic, Stieperman. There's so many players there and, and Josh Martin's going to have to be really, really good if he wants to be playing football.
1: Jack, and maybe it's just because of like the Jamal news today. I think that this whole kind of opinion of, oh, most of us, we're actually going to somehow keep hold of our players thing. I, I, I just can't see it. And let's not forget that the transfer window is shutting in October, isn't it? So there's still lots of time for players to move. Um, yeah, you know, of course they don't want to start the season with a, with a new club and stuff. Um, but yeah, I just I just think with Buendia, that man is ridiculous. He's a magician. He's so so good. And for a Premier League side not to pay his value to have him in the Premier League is is madness. I think absolute madness. You know, him in a him in a team that can actually defend would be unbelievable. He'd be a top top draw player. Definitely. And he, I'll be so surprised if, he, if we keep him in the
0: championship, Jack. I really will. No, I would be, but let's hope we can. Lots of Norwich fans tuning in from America tonight. Thank you so much. Uh, another donation on Kofi. Norwich fan from North Carolina. How concerned are you both that Norwich City conceded a second goal right after equalising? Does that current squad look like they can score a late equaliser, winner um, like the championship winning team? Yeah, we, we've kind of touched on that. I think it's a, a really interesting point, though. You know, the the season in which we got promotion from the championship, we scored so many late goals. Like, I've been watching a lot of them games back just to cheer me up. The goals against Millwall and Nottingham Forest. And there were so many late goals that season. And that is, I think, one, a fitness thing. And I think they were so just in tune with their bodies that season. You know, the double, triple sessions really paid off. Um, We didn't see it in the Premier League. I think we just lacked quality. Hopefully we will see that again um, this season. And maybe after, you know, we might look back at this game in, in a month or two months or at the end of the season and go, thank God we learnt them lessons in that looting game when it didn't really matter. Thank God we got the mistakes out of the way quickly. This is positive me talking, um, <laughs> negative me saying, well, it's just the same mistakes happening again. But I don't think you can read too much from today's game I really don't but thanks so much for the for the question my friend um, this is a good comment I'm, I've lost it now it did quickly come up it was about Steeperman. All right. Ryan. what do you see Steeperman's future looking like is it at Norwich City because it feels as if Fark is trying to kind of sculpt them into this side but with little effect
1: I think it's a bit harsh Jack uh, I, yeah I think Marco's got
0: a future in Norwich um, but what with the new signings, you know um Dowell. You've got, yeah, but mate, he's, a, he's, a player, mate. he's 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 a utility player,
1: isn't he? You know, Mark. Mar- you know, Marco's the kind of guy that can come on in the second half of a game, can muscle himself on the ball, push pu- push players about, and don't forget that still, still, possibly apart from Emmy. You know, Steepman is the man that can read Timu Puki better than any other person in that team, apart from maybe Emmy Buendia. He's the man that seems to know how to unlock Timu Puki. So, I think absolutely Marco deserves a future. I've seen so many comments, Jack, about Mario Vrancic. I've seen it over and over again in the comment section about you know Mario. Mario's done. I actually it kills me to say, but Mario's got to go. I'm seeing a lot of these comments, and you know, <sighs> this is it, Jack. Like we've said it before, we said it last week, it's going to be so interesting to see who they sell. And for me, I just think we need to, I think the Norwich fans are sometimes a bit too loyal as well. Like, let's you're, not, you're
0: being loyal with Steeperman there. Like, you're talking about moving no, players no, no. on and then... Yes, yes, I know.
1: But the but I, I, I'm i being loyal to Steeperman because he's actually been a decent player for us consistently over... over but so over, is Mario Vrancic. Mario Vrancic hasn't played enough football, mate. I think that's really unjust, actually. He, he never even got a chance in the Premier League. So you're into the, the team. Team. Exactly. But, but okay. All right. Fair enough. I think <laughs> I, yeah. I just think that we need to be, the Norwich fans need to open up and be like, actually, you know what? This might be quite good to move on these players. Like, for example, everyone didn't care when, when they said about Tom Tribal going. All of a sudden, Tom Tribal had an attitude problem and all this nonsense, yeah? that You know, it's OK. You know, Tom's been at the club for a period of time. Still, I don't. I still don't think he should have gone. But the matter of the fact is, if Stuart Webber and Daniel Farker feel like it's the right time to move on that player, then that's going to be a very good thing for the new boys, I think, because I think the new boys need to have a chance of being able to do their own thing and not being almost poisoned by the Premier League restart boys.
0: No, I agree. I, th- I think that there, there is a, a, a real tough balance to strike between freshening up the squad and keeping players that have got you to the Premier League before. And this comment from Ben Carter touches on that. He says, can anyone say that Roop is better than tribal? Unless he has a seriously lost Farkas trust, as Leitner did, why are we getting rid of him? Well, I think that's, I, I wouldn't go, ab- you know, I wouldn't go about Ben saying that, you know, Farker likely lost the trust of Farker. I, that hasn't been proven and I don't think he did. I just don't think it worked out. Tribal's attitude was fine. That There's no hard feelings there between him and Daniel Farker. You know, Teams change. Players change. Players need different things from clubs. Leitner and Tribal will go on to have successful careers wherever they are elsewhere and they have done all that they needed to do for Norwich City. Touching on Roop, I'm still not sold on Lucas Root. I, I don't. I think there is a player in there somewhere if you really dig deep enough. I mean, you. I think you've got to do a lot of digging to find that player. Um. I just. I don't see what he brings. I think when I was really criticizing Mario Vrancic when we first signed him, when I was saying, "Oh, he's slowing the, you know, the play down," there was something there that I could see, and that eventually came out with Lucas Rude. I just think he's bang average, and I. You know, that's not. Well, it is a bad thing. I, I can't see him playing many, many games for Norwich this season. Not with Sorensen and Skip um, and players like that ahead of him. I, I don't think Lucas roop has got too much of a future at Norwich City. I really don't.
1: Not with Skip. Uh, I, I think Oliver Skip is definitely the, the man in that position, 100%. Mm. And I totally agree with that comment. I totally agree tribal over Rup all day I'm sorry you know and I've been battered for my opinions on, on Rup. I think that again I guess he could be a useful player and and I hope I hope Jack that we're completely wrong I hope that Lucas proves us wrong but you know what I'm finding really interesting looking at social media there's all of these people saying um oh I think Roop had a good game today and they're saying it like that like oh I think Roop had a good game today mm. and it's like, so try to be edgy it's, well not only are you trying to be edgy you're also trying to convince yourself yeah so for me it's obvious like no one's necessarily saying oh dowell had a good game today because it's so obvious that he's a top draw player whereas i think with with I, I see with a lot of supporters they're like they're always saying oh Root had an all right game today and it's like well yeah no shit he, he probably should have an all right game coming <laughs> I mean, where he's come from um you know so yeah i, I haven't really got any expectations of Lucas, sadly, for this season?
0: But I hope that we're wrong. Yeah, agree. agree. Um, a Kofi supporter, I haven't left your name. Sorry about that. Says, TNZ Bethany anything on terrestrial TV tonight? Well, I don't know. I don't know about that. I think there's probably repeats of Holmes under the hammer on somewhere. And I think I'd be watching, you know, Do Dion you- take... Take you up to the, the bedroom at the top of the stairs above this. But thank you very much for watching and, and let me know your name privately if you don't want it read out. Thanks very much. Um, yeah, Mike Parker says, um, Roop's second rate at best. Anyone who has watched him can see that. Yeah, I'm not going to cause a pile on. I don't think, well, we did sign him to try and keep us in the Premier League. And, and that was just, you know, another area. Of um of the poor recruitment, uh, George Tyler says really will miss Tribal. He would die for the shirt, a true warrior. Yeah, it, a real warrior. Um, I think he did lack technical ability in in, per- in certain areas of his game, but I think that was made up in other areas. I, it was Chris. You can't. You know, I know you love Tom Tribal, mate. Hey, that's horrendous from you. It's not though. It's not. That's technical, mate. The last time you pulled
1: out, that Russ Martin burned you down and took you to the carpet cleaners. About um, what? So oh. You, I remember you saying that Russ wasn't technically good enough. I remember
0: that. <laughs> but to be well, fair. Well, yeah. <laughs> no, no, mate. mate. Oh, oh, right. I'm like that. I well, love Tom. Tom's gone. Okay. Let's not talk He's about gone. Tom anymore. He's gone. Exactly. He's Jeremy says, yeah, Britain's got talent in his arm." Not for me, Clive. Well, in that case, it probably is. I mean, what would you rather, Amanda Holden or Chris Reeve on your television? I know who I'd rather. And that's certainly Chris Reed. Um, OK, Chris, you know, if, you, if anyone wants to get their Kofi donations in, make sure you do in the next few moments. We'll, we'll probably be going for another, about another 15 minutes. We've been doing these live podcasts for quite a while now, and we always say what's going to be coming up in the next week. I'm going to change that question now. The new season is upon us. Preseason mm-hmm. is done. The Carabao Cup is done for the season. We're out. Let's forget about that. The championship season starts on Friday night. Our game is Saturday. What is your, well, where are your expectations at? And what do you want to see from that opener against Huddersfield?
1: A win, uh, a convincing win. Um, I think we should be winning that game three or four nil. And I think after the first game, we should be top of the league because of our goal difference. Not much then. I'm sorry. I just, I'm not going to concede to weak, pathetic excuse chat like some people. I'm just, I can't do it anymore, mate. I'm fed up of it. There's no excuses. We've signed such good quality. Stuart Weber got burnt big time in the Premier League. A lot of supporters saying, oh, Weber out. He's not good enough. He's a joke. He got lucky. Well, by the way, he's done his job. So give him credit. He has lined this up, in my opinion. What he's done and his recruitment team—they have signed a team capable of winning this division. It's as simple as that. He has signed, mate. He signed enough quality to win this division. I I struggle to disagree with that. If Watford keep hold of their best players, they're going to be up there too. But I do honestly think that he's done everything that he can, and now. There's a tremendous amount on Daniel Farker to make it work with the new signings. It's as simple as that. We have to come out the gates flying. The supporters need this as well, Jack. Like everyone's talking about the players. I've not heard anyone talk about the fans in a long time and I'm I'm a bit annoyed about that actually. We need this. The supporters should be more selfish and should demand more from our players. We need to see the boys put on convincing displays in the, certainly within the next two, you know, the next three or four games We need to be going hell for leather, attacking teams, new players, different tactics, new ideas, big goals. The fans deserve
0: it, mate. Okay, well, to counter that, we've just had a Kofi donation from Simon. He says Farker is on a slippery slope. I feel like he's got too many new signings and doesn't know what to do with them. Four or five would have been enough. Seen it a number of times, load of signings, and it upsets the balance. What do you make of that?
1: I know uh, I can appreciate why Simon has said that. Uh, I think, by the way, Simon says, um, <laughs> but I think it's too early in the um, in the season to say that Daniel Farker can't get the best out of the new signings. I think that that's that is too harsh, right? But certainly for me, he he needs to know his game plan for the first, like, from the Huddersfield game, because that's that's what matters, yeah. But we've seen in preseason, mate. I, I think we've seen in preseason that you know he's got PP, you know, on one, he's got Kieran Dowell dominating play, he's got Bally Mumba putting in solid performances when supposedly he's not good enough and he should be going out on loan because he's not ready. And I, like, I, I I think that Daniel Farker has I think he does know how to get um the best out of the new players so far, but we should judge it after the first game. But what I would also say is that we do need to be just a little bit, what's the word? Careful. I just uh, No, I just, I, I just predict that Daniel Farker is going to be under fire by most of our supporters if he doesn't get a win in the first three games. It's going to be toxic as hell.
0: What, no so, wins in the first three games?
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh, like, yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, 100%, mate. But... This is the problem when you've been on such a rot and you continue to play the old guard that simply don't cut it anymore. You're asking for trouble. And that's why I'm saying Daniel needs to be using his new signings. I'm sure he will, by the way. You know, he knows more than me and you. He, you know, he knows how to do it. But I do agree with Simon's observations that actually he could be, because if he, if he doesn't pick up results straight away,
0: yeah, well, I'm I'm surprised that Farker didn't get as much, you know, stick as he as he did last season. Twelve straight defeats, Norwich fans. That's a, an abysmal record. If that happens at any other club, the manager's gone. Um, so expectations will be high, and if and if we don't start the season on the front foot, there will and should be criticism aimed at Daniel Farker. But we're not going to get into that negative chat now. Let's hope we, you know, we win the first few games. We haven't mentioned this, actually. George from Aberdeen, thank you so much for the do- uh, donation, George. I hope it's well up in Aberdeen. Dermich, no squad number. Chris must be gutted. yes. Uh, Josip Dermich, Tom Tribal and Moritz Leitner with the three players not included on Norwich City shirt numbers, which surprised me a little bit. Not Leitner and Tribal, but Dermich. They are obviously very confident that they can shift him. Now, we should be trying to shift him, but I'm surprised that anyone are willing to pay his wages unless we're just going, look, have him, we'll continue to pay the wages. It just go somewhere.
1: I would use my transfer budget to cancel his
0: contract. <laughs> really? 100%. Absolute wow. joke. Simple as that. Well, George from Aberdeen, I'm... Um... I don't think the answer was as was as elongated as you would have liked, but there we go. Um, Chris doesn't um, enjoy Jossip Dermot on the pitch, but I know he's got his songs in his Spotify playlist, so there we go. Um, oh, this is a brilliant comment, actually. I'm glad this has been raised by Harvest o Game. He says 36% of England's under 21 team were Norwich City players. Thoughts on the quality of young players. Yeah, great tweet. I did see this mm-hmm. on Twitter. Um England under twenty ones. Was it last night they played or the night before with there was Max in there? Um Ben, Todd, Skip. was there someone else? Skip. Or was that three? Skip. Skip as well, of course. Skip was the fourth. Um I did see a lovely tweet that was saying, um it, I remember Ian Abrahams from Talk Sport said when we, you know, when we got Farker in, it was a bad decision and it will be harmful to English football. And there we go, thirty six percent um of England yeah. under twenty one set up. Now, um, you know, fueled by Norwich City players, which is brilliant. And look, we have such abundance in quality. You look at Max, Todd, Ben, brilliant players. Oliver Skip on loan, yeah, he's not our player, but he's playing for us this season again. Another brilliant player. It that's so wonderful to see, it really wow. is. So, thanks for raising that.
1: And by the way, Daniel Farker deserves credit for that because, yeah, of course, he's blooded those players in, and he is the reason why they're now in that squad 100%. <laughs> Um, and this, and this is like another reason why I think that the Norwich fans should, um, you know, actually, you know, the, the people are talking about Mumba and Sorensen not being quite ready yet and stuff like that. I always draw it back to Max Aaron's, And that was a master stroke by Farker, throwing him in against Ipswich away, by the way. And, and since then, poof, just such a, such an insane performance level. So, I think Daniel Farker deserves tremendous credit for blooding in the young players. He's very good with the younger players. And and for me, that's why I'm going to say it again. sound like a broken record. Play the youth, play the new players. Let's, let's do something different now. It's time to change.
0: No, definitely. And you look at the young players we've got this season, new players, Pujeta, Skip, Dowell, um, Mumba. Who else have I forgotten? I think the majority of our signings, other than Ben Gibson, were under like 22 years old. So more exciting youngsters. Okay, we'll get one more Kofi coming in. Thanks to everyone who's donated, by the way. It means the world to me and Chris. Shaney says, hi lads, good live streams as always. Uh, here is my point. The whole Norwich team simply have to get off to a good start. The first 10 games, in my opinion, is crucial in how our season will go. We must, and I mean must, get off to a winning start to stop the rot. What are your What are your thoughts? Shaney, I completely agree with you. The first 10 games sets the tone it's like the first hole for a golfer you start the first hole right you hit that drive down the middle of the fairway and that sets the tone for the round it's going to be the same for Norwich City I think scrap the first 10 games it's the first three games yeah it's the first it's three, three games. games if you start yeah. the season with three straight wins which Norwich City should be doing People forget about the 12 straight defeats. Norwich fans and football fans have very short memories. And then it's the positive train. And it's hard to get off the positivity train. Once you're on it, the momentum keeps going. And, uh, and Norwich City could and should then have a good season. If you lose against Huddersfield and off the back of a defeat to Luton, I know you're only a game into the season, but mentally it's all very different. So, Yeah, completely agree, Shaney. Uh, A very, very important um, few weeks for Norwich City. Jack, is our next TNC podcast live stream? uh, Is it after the Huddersfield game? It will be after the Huddersfield game, yeah. So it's going to be really interesting because
1: if we lose...
0: Well, let's hope we don't.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but I'm just telling you now, if we lose... We're going to need to ask people to to put more budget into Kofi and I'm going to need to be stocked up on, a, on Estrella as a telly, mate. Um, I don't know if I'm going to be able to handle that, particularly if he starts all of the old guard. Like, that will so that will frustrate me so much. <laughs> Zonal no, marketing, old guard, lose 1-0.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we shall see. Uh, and with that being said, we will catch you next week. We've got so much video content coming out in the lead-up to the game next week. We've got opposition previews. We've got championship predictions. We've got previews in general. There will be more news, I can suspect. We've got a podcast straight after the game. So join us for that. <laughs> will Grant saying TNC live podcast percentage zero percent. <laughs> That's very true, actually. We haven't covered a win during live. Not a
1: single one.
0: No. Fuck. No, we
1: That's wouldn't have done. terrible. Maybe we need to stop, Jack. Maybe this is the reason.
0: <laughs> Maybe Jeremy Benson saying 20k subs and coming. I tell you what, we'll guarantee a Norwich City win if we hit 20,000 subscribers. We're a little way off. I think we're about 600. So if you if you are watching this, you know the 500 of you watching, hit subscribe if you haven't already. You'll get notified every time we upload. So. Subscribe to the channel. Loads of video content coming next week. Live podcasts will continue throughout the season. Thanks to everyone who's donated on Kofi. It's not too late. Get your questions in. I will email you an answer if we can't answer it on here. Chris, the season is nearly upon us and I'm nervous. I just want to say, Jack,
1: before we close
0: off, really,
1: really excited to say the next season, I'm going to be hosting some opposition previews. Jack will be as well, I'm sure, with the best... Fans of other clubs, and I mean the best fans of other clubs. Not necessarily people with the most followers, actually, but people that are just their clubs through and through. They bleed their football clubs. So their opinions on their clubs will be really hearty, really meaty. It's not going to be sitting on the fence. There could be some awkward conversations as well, where there's going to be some arguments on camera between us. But I just wanted to let everyone know that there's going to be a real different type of content on TNC next season. It's, we're not going to be sitting on the fence, that's for sure, and I'm, I can't wait to get it underway. Jackets, um, are you? Did you just say you're nervous?
0: By the way, no, I'm excited. It's a nervous excitement.
1: Come on, we can't be bloody nervous. I'm not nervous. We'll start an El Hernandez, Kieran Dowell, maybe Pooky up top, or do you start Hugo? By the way. <laughs>
0: That's a discussion for next week, I think. I'm really (laughs) excited for this season. Strap in. Talk and City will be going to the next level and hopefully Norwich City will be as well. Chris, thanks for joining me tonight. Thanks to everyone who's joined us in the comment section. As I always say, these are such a pleasure to do. It's lovely to speak to all of you, um, you know, over these podcasts. It's really, really tough not being able to go to Carrow Road at the moment and hopefully this is some kind of replacement for the interaction that we all love at the lovely Carra Road. Thanks for watching. Hit subscribe if you haven't already. And we will see you again next week for Huddersfield, the first game of the championship season. And let's hope we get off to the season with a win.